smell something? Put that cookie down! Hello and welcome to the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. I'm Shane. I'm Josh. I'm Chanster. We're filmmakers, we're fans, and we're fighting this week, guys. We're fighting. It's the big... The big debate of movies versus television. Which one is better? Are, are we actually... I mean, I guess I, I haven't heard either of your points of views physical. on this, so I don't know if we actually are fighting. I feel like we're all probably going to be biased to movies, oh. but yeah. let's not spoil it. So, oh, TV, TV, does some, TV does some good things. Yeah. Just things. neutral. Come on, come on, guys. <laughs> but before we get into the main discussion, as always, we're going to do what have you been watching? Um, but before we list what we've actually been watching, I kind of want to ask you, because the week that we're recording this, the Avengers... Infinity War trailer just dropped. Yeah. yeah. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on it. Why does Vision have hair? <laughs> it was like literally the only thing I was like Paul watching. Paul Bentley it. doesn't want to sit in the makeup chair for six hours. <laughs> that's, but that's what they do. It's like uh, they do movies where someone like looks some way and then they like, like Mystique in X-Men, they have her like, like disproportionately in like normal skin for most of the movie yeah. so that she doesn't have to spend like six oh, hours. Good that, that Jennifer only, Lawrence. Yeah, that was uh, only Jennifer Lawrence. X-Men 1, 2, and 3, she was blue all the time. Yeah, and it was she committed. Oh, Rebecca Romjan Stamos nailed that. I thought she, I thought she was a better than better than Lawrence. Yeah, but, but like on, on the actual trailer, like mm. what are you thinking? What are you feeling? Um, honestly... Uh, I, I find it funny that they did the whole end thing where they were like, oh, look, the Guardians of the Galaxy are here. The stinger. Yeah. As if everyone didn't already know that they're right? in the movie. It's funny because it was like how the um, the Justice League, the all, all the advertisement was like, what Superman? And then after the movie came out, they released all the posters with Superman. But everyone already knew. It was like they were trying really hard to keep a secret that everyone knew. But when you say it's everyone, is it everyone or people like us who like know this? Because I feel like- People who aren't like us don't matter. I feel like- <laughs> you, well, this is true. well, I feel like people like us are the ones who actually pay to see these movies and then everyone else just like pirates that- like pirates like the shitty camera in yeah. the cinema thing. <laughs> um, uh, you know now with like fan culture and everything, it's gone like beyond specialized audiences. Now it's it's something for everybody. Just like a, yeah. Um, now I believe more people do know, maybe they don't know every single character. Um, I do believe some people may not have known Guardians were going to be in it either, but I don't believe they're trying to hide it. I just believe this, like the fact that there are so many characters, they had to find a place for everybody. Yeah, where and, are we gonna put the guardians? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, uh. and the fact is that you can kind of tell by the trailer how to like structure in the movie. There's like not every character is gonna be together throughout the movie. So there's yeah. gonna be space adventures. There's gonna be fights at Wakanda, and it's gonna be fights in New York. And it's like this big thing that's all gonna team together and connect. I feel like I feel like maybe that they because the Guardians of the Galaxy kind of pulled a lot of people who weren't Marvel fans into it. And I feel yeah. like maybe that's why they're doing it. But I feel like this whole trailer is very, it's like when Mark, when, this is the trailer for people who didn't watch the, you know, film footage of the, from the Comic-Con thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, because it's, it's very, very clearly very made for them. Yeah. But that's what I kind of liked about it because the footage from Comic-Con, everyone was raving about it and I'm sitting there watching it and it's just like, look, this person's in the movie and this person's in the scene with this one yeah. and look, Spider-Man's in another new costume again. Like, it just the got really Iron annoying. The Spider costume that he specifically denied at the end of Spider-Man Homecoming. But that, that's not what Marvel does. It's like, end of Iron Man 3. I'm not going to be Iron Man, start of Avengers. I am Iron Man again. Like, they just retcon everything. And that was Avengers' fault, not Shane Black, guys. Come on. <laughs> yes. Well, but that's that's what the Avengers do. As we are going to bring that up in again. every episode. <laughs> 
<laughs> I feel I know I was because I was really I'm I'm wary because I was really disappointed with Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron is like my least favorite Marvel movie. I, I, I think that's pretty standard for most people. Yeah. yeah but also, I, I know Joss Whedon got burnt on that movie because he's like he did. Ken Fox is like set up Civil War, do all this and do that, and make Thor have things. a bath. <laughs> like yes. that, was, that was set up Ragnarok, basically. Set up Ragnarok in yeah. a way that affects Ragnarok in no New way possible. No way. At the start of the movie, in Ragnarok, he's like, "Oh, I've been looking for stuff because I had bad dreams once." Except it was like that would have been fine if you just had of, him have that line and not him having a fucking bath yeah. in Avengers. Yeah. Except kind of supposed for Ragnarok, guys, if you haven't seen it. Uh, it just Elba wasn't he blind in that? Now it's like Force got one eye. Maybe. Well, yeah, maybe that's something that happens in Infinity War. I'm, I'm not going to give him credit for that. But I have, to, I have to say, with the trailer though, when they when that that like that that the, the music came Vestry in, theme? I was like, yeah. ooh, I got a bit of chills. Like, yeah. I'm I'm wary, but I'm on the side of hopeful for it. I was very very cynical at the time of of when the the. Comic Con footage kind of came out, but I'm 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 optimistic at, at least. But anyway, so good uh, what have you been watching, Josh? I rewatched um, Grand Piano, which is kind of uh, starring Elijah Wood. And should I mention the other actor's name? I kind of don't want to because I think it's a good yeah, surprise. Yeah. So I won't. Well, yeah, watch the trailer and it just has it halfway through, and I'm like, oh, that kind of ruined really it for me. I never yeah. watched the trailer. So Nor did I. I watched the trailer after watching. Okay. I watched movie. that movie off like a recommendation of some yeah. critic that I like, and I was like. And then, and Chancey, you, you were telling me too, you were just like, it has a great match cut. And I'm like, match cuts, I'm sold. <laughs> and I think does. overall, the editing is really funny. It's, um, the, the whole movie is just wild. It's yeah. wild. It's um, Hitchcockian because that's what they, they intended. It's they like embrace just how, like the premise is so ridiculous and yeah. they just embrace but it. But it's so fun and it has, and it's written by Damon Chazelle. Whiplash. Whiplash in La La Land fame. And I've watched behind the scenes and he's got pimples and everything. That's really funny. It's, it's yeah. hilarious, so right? And he's clearly like, I have no idea what I'm doing being asked about this movie because I wrote the script and sold it. And then they just yeah. asked me to interview it like, like two years later. <laughs> and they interviewed me. And it's like, uh, they filmed it in Spain because like it's Spanish director, like Spanish cast and everything. Um, a very beautiful looking film. Um, and it's very tense. And I love it because it's old school thriller. And if you like that, I recommend it too. It's very fun. Chancellor, what have you watched? Um, cool. So uh, because of uni, I've been watching uh, a bunch of Hindi films, specifically the Don series. Either of you guys heard of this? It I is not. Fantastic. No. It sucks because I, uh, I actually saw the... So there's the 1978 original Don, then there's a 2006 remake starring Shah Rukh Khan, and then the 2011 sequel to the remake. Now, I saw the sequel first. I saw that in cinemas, um, and I loved it. It was great. But it didn't occur to me until I went back and watched the first one how westernized the second one is. Like the second one only has one musical number in the entire film. There's Wait, one wow. half- musical number for an in, uh, for a right? film. That's, it's that's crazy. And also, it doesn't like mix and match match genres like most Hindi films do. It it was like it was a straight up heist film the entire time. Uh, and then I went and watched the first one. First one is all over the place. It is romantic comedy. It's, it, it's, it's thriller. There are drugs involved. Act, it's great. Hindi uh, films are so, like, in, like uh, Hindi, uh, Hindi and Punjabi films are different. Uh, so Bollywood films are specifically the Hindi speaking thing. They, they, that's where the industry started. Um, nowadays, uh, they, they speak... Hinglish, which is Hindi, Punjabi, and English. They like mix and match it because that's kind of like the dialect that's most commonly used, I think. Yeah, oh, it's okay. like Spanglish. It's like, yeah, it's like Spanglish. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, there you go. Mm. But yeah, good good stuff. Fun right. times. Is that, and so that's all you've been watching? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I did a lot of things. So Fuck I started. You. I st- oh, you and your free uh, time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my free time and outside my, of uni. No friends and <laughs> no social life. Um, I watched the first episode of uh, Godless, which is the Netflix Western series. And it's. Sorry, I'm, on there. I'm not 100% sold on it, but it's, it's, it's pretty good. It's. it's Visually, it's really cool. Like if you're a fan of like Terrence Malick kind of stuff, they're shooting a lot of this like natural lighting, sunlight things. And it's there's a sort of feminist bend to the Western. Um, I'm only like one episode into it, so I'll, I'll have to see how it goes. But I'm intrigued enough. And it's got, um, what's his name in it? The actor from, he's from Unbroken and Mon- Money Monster. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jack, Jack O'Connell. He's oh, right. yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. He's a really good actor. Mm. So he's kind of carrying a lot of the movie. Um, I watched, oh, now this one, I watched Good Time. Which a twenty four a twenty four films. It was a, I think it was a Sundance movie. It's from the Safdie brothers, and it is phenomenal. It's it's the movie. It's would alter- you say that it's a good, good time? time? Yes, we I looked at the camera when we said that. By the way, because <laughs> straight everyone. in the bin, Chance, so straight in the <laughs> step bin. in there. Just room for uh, you with Oscar. <laughs> like holy shit, Robert Pattinson can act. Like he acts the shit out of this movie. <laughs> uh, uh, producer Zane is laughing. Is that did you, did you not like it? Or you did like it? Okay. Um, it's you know it's really uh, it's it's like a heist movie gone wrong, and it's the voice of the film is really good. Like only these two filmmakers could have done this thing. It's really cool. a singular movie. I I loved it to pieces. I thought it was really good. And they're getting a lot of awards attention at sort of the indie stuff. So really happy yeah. for them. Yeah. Um, I watched the Meyerowitz stories, new Meyer and selectors, stories, yeah. uh, which is Noah Baumbach's Netflix movie. And it should also be called Adam Sandler Can Act. Because um, we've all forgotten. Uh, that I, I thought that yeah. was cre- uh, not. Wait, what's it Punch called? Punch Drunk Love. Punch Drunk Love. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like everyone forgot that he everyone could act because he did like this. The all silly his bullshit six. in between. Uh, the ridiculous. The ridiculous six. six. Jack and Jill. Oh god. Um, but no, he can, he can act. It's it's Noah Baumbach. It's him and Dustin Hoffman and Emma Thompson plays a drunk and she plays it masterfully. It's really good. Like I mean, like it's not my favorite Noah Baumbach. I love Mistress America the most, but that's because that's more of a screwball. It's more of my kind of comedy. I hate, like the mumblecore thing isn't super my thing, but it, it was a good movie. Um, and then I saw a movie called Beach Rats, uh, which was really good. It was one of the Sundance ones. Sundance had like a lot of queer films this year. They did like the uh, Call Me By Your Name and yep. God's Own Country. And then this one, and this one's sort of the dark one. Um, it's sort of like a guy struggling with like his dad's dying of cancer and he's sort of in, is set in Brooklyn and he's sort of like a... It's like a coming of age dark drama thing, but it was shot, they shot on 16 millimeter film and it just looks phenomenal. The way she shot it, the way she moved the camera. So it's a female director, Eliza Hitman, which makes it that much more interesting. She's gotten a lot of flack because it's like, oh, you're a female director directing sort of a queer male story. But she did it really well, I reckon. Anyway, at least visually, from a visual perspective, I, I th- it's worth watching just for the visuals alone. She got this French cinematographer who's worked with like... Um, uh, Larry Clark and all that kind of thing. So it has this really interesting aesthetic. It's all handheld, but it's not like in a bad, lazy way. It was really right. deliberate. So that was really good. We're, we're definitely worth checking out. So yes. Cool. Righty-o. So our main discussion, onto the main discussion, movies versus TV, because there's been this like, this debate now. I don't know if you guys have sort of heard it where everyone's like, we're in the golden age of television and movies <laughs> are just becoming bad now. Trash, and yeah. 
I don't know. Have you guys heard much complaints uh, about that? I've, yeah. I've heard complaints. I don't think movies are going to be dying anytime soon. Because it seems as this sort of thing comes about every, I'm going to say, 30 years. It's probably not 30 years at all. It's like every 15 to 10 years, really. Yeah, where they're like, oh, TV's <laughs> taking over movies. Movies are going to die. Break, but yeah. it, it still hasn't happened. I think the last time it happened was when The Sopranos. So, like, this yeah. sort of age started with, like, the Breaking Bad and and just as Netflix kind so of came pretty on. pretty much on cue. Or even when TV first began, like over there, it's like, yeah. oh, it's going to kill movies. Yeah, because oh, it came out, how do we it make came it out in the 50s. And, but see, when TV came out in the 50s, that's when movies really started like heavily catering to the teenage audiences. Yeah. And that's when, you know, it's because it came out in the 50s and that's when they invented Cinemascope and yeah. Cinerama. They did all these things to make movies <laughs> Really huge 3D as well. And, and, yeah, yeah, and then well, we saw, oh, it's interesting because 3D hit and then died before our current quote-unquote They, they should age. have held off until well, this 3D, point. But like, oh, 3D. Like dead again now. Yeah. No, it's, it's dead in a ditch. Well, look, until Avatar 2 comes out and then it'll be a fashion uh, trend. Wait, is he going to invent a new thing for it? I don't know. Probably. I, I'm so, like, no one wants Did you know he, he said if Avatar 2 and 3 don't work, he's not going to make 4 and 5. Yeah, but they signed the deal. Like, the money spent. No studios get, like, they're going to lose. Cause, what is it? Like, a two billion dollars you know he's just gonna hop in his submarine and go down the bottom of the ocean and just go fuck you all yeah he's like you can't reach me when i'm at the lowest point in the ocean (laughs) oh good old james cameron but we've sort of seen this thing now like this event tv because we've got you know things that were sort of seen as the domain of movies have kind of you know you've got stranger things for a start and game of thrones Mm. well yeah isn't uh i may be completely wrong here i don't watch game of thrones don't really care about game of thrones but isn't out the okay no, you know, isn't the next season going to be like it's, really short on well, episodes one, the last one really was short. long six, episodes? Six episodes. And then they're showing it in cinemas or something? Yeah. Oh, probably. They, they've been doing it, but they've been playing with the cinema release of the show for a while I now. Think, um, I think the big thing about what TVs and films are doing now differently, it's just like, it's fun. They're becoming, they're swapping over what each other are. So basically films are becoming less willing to stand alone. They want to have this whole yeah. connection universe thing they want to continue on and carry on and have everything connected big franchise and big yeah. franchise like value and have everything like like be paid off in the next film and not just have standalone pieces and then television is more willing now to have a resolution so you have you can have continuation but like they resolve everything each season everything and everything's like you know breaking bad was five seasons and done yeah and, and they knew where they wanted their end point is like <laughs> does marvel know no they want to keep making <laughs> they just announced that they have 20 more films planned it's like fucking jesus but, like, did they actually yeah yeah oh, oh yeah yeah but but game of thrones are doing that now because i don't know if you heard the announcement when they announced that there's like four spin-offs set in yeah, Westeros like, and they've assigned showrunners to every single show. Yeah, of show. course. Like everyone's motivated by like... Franchise. Like, like their, the, the, the branding. But like I feel TV's more willing to have that cap off. Like they... Because... Like, well, yeah, like yeah. Stranger Things season one was made to cap off after season one. It would just so happen to be a massive success and they yeah. were like, well, well I, I was listening to the, the Duffer Brothers on another... On the Nerdist podcast, I think it was, and they were like, yeah, we had... We never... we It was one season and done because mm. it was this weird thing with powers and, and then... And Netflix had apparently told them, they were like, oh, you know what? It's going to take a while to catch on. So just, you know, like we'll release it and because they don't really do promoing and they just hope that people catch on because that's yeah. how they're... they're their platform kind of works. Uh, and then it just like, it exploded in yeah. the zeitgeist and they just renewed it for season three. Cause of course. Yeah. yeah. 
I don't it know. Was I was great. Uh, Why wouldn't you? Well, yeah. Season. I liked it. I think season two, season one was better. Sorry than yeah. season two, but season two was still pretty admirable for what they mm. did. Um, but you kind of got this thing where like the budgets for TV shows now kind of match movies. They, yeah, you know, Game close. of Thrones being like twenty million an episode or something like that, which I don't get because how are they making that money back? Because uh, like. I mean, here in Australia, because our releases are merchandise. Ah, uh, merchandising. Merchandising. Baseballs, the t-shirts. Baseballs, <laughs> the flamethrower. Like, I mean, that's where they're obviously making like a lot of it. You, you know, everyone's wearing Game of Thrones t-shirts. I don't think the show itself, because HBO are a subscription-based service, yeah. so they don't make their money back in the way like a network does from advertisers. Mm. <clears throat> but. Um, I don't know. Like, like I think they're just. I think they're making it back with. They've got enough subscribers. Their other shows don't cost as much money because they're all like people talking in houses. Well, until they do those four spin-off shows, all based in Westeros. Yeah, well, the, oh, Westworld like, too. Westworld was their big because oh, yeah, Game yeah, yeah, of Thrones yeah. has got a break, and so Westworld's filling the hole where Game of Thrones right. is, and that's like another big thing. But I don't know. I think because they see the film kind of the film platforms kind of going down to, like ticket sales aren't great and like attendance specifically like, the money might well, still be there but the streaming this is like where we hit it that's the like, thing uh, yeah because that's ba- basically they're allowing television to take more risks and so they're fostering more films to come in and under their brand or like like keep them come in and, here and join us well, yeah yeah that being said a lot well. of streaming services have their own movies as mm. well as TV shows mm. although um, they're never like like they're all like Netflix have kind of hit it reasonably well they had Okja yeah. from Bong Joon-ho which was good and they, the Myra that's Ritz when, stories that's when they source it like when they like produce it within Netflix you get like shitty YouTuber-esque like Nash yeah. Korea Bella Fawn but that's the stuff, stuff that tends to get like the reason why Adam Sandler got this like 10 movie deal with Netflix is because when they put their service up and they bought the license for his films and they noticed that their numbers were saying that everyone was watching Adam Sandler movies just constantly over and over he's the most watched Actor well, yeah. on Everyone watched Ridiculous Six. I didn't. Or neither. Apparently, neither. we're the only two, only three people, only four people in the world who haven't seen that movie because that was like the most seen movie of all time on Netflix when it came out. Yep. It's just depressing. It's very yeah. depressing. But then, but then, like, they do that and then they can go and do. You know, they're more arty stuff, and like Black I can Oscar. appreciate that they're at least more balanced. Oh, than say, stories. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. They're at yeah. least a bit more balanced than a lot of the studios. I think, like the movie studios, and I think that's where people are kind of getting really frustrated. Is that mid-range budget things gone? Now, oh like, yeah, the, mid, the ro- mid-range films are bloody. But dead. that's what's interesting is that like uh, the romantic comedy has essentially been killed because all of those stories have moved to TV. Now you, you know like the Mindy Project or or, yep. or New Girl because I remember seeing the, the 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 ad for New Girl and I was like I remember watching the the, the trailer when the first season came out I'm like this feels like a movie this is like a movie and how are they going to extend this past you know a season at max and then obviously they couldn't um, everyone loved that <laughs> show but mm. it got, they ran out of plotting like so quick. They crossed over with Brooklyn Nine-Nine and it was really Wait, pointless. Really? Yeah. It's, it's a really <laughs> wow. pointless crossover. There's just like, she, she he, uh, Jake commandeers her car for like a scene and then I didn't watch the new girl version of it. Um, I, yeah. Oh yeah, because it'd be, yeah. now I want to see the new girl just to well, see how that Speaking of that crossover, out. I think, well, they C- CW. 
Oh RCW. I quit watching those shows and I quit watching. The so show. do I. Like I, I've quit watching those shows, but you can't deny how shirtless everyone is. It's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm yes, not Chancer, complaining. You can't deny that, like what they're doing works for them and their brand. It because does. Yeah. They have everybody that's obviously they cast people to have the CW face and they can do the CW pout and the CW but, white skin. You know. Yes. Yeah. The CW racism. <laughs> <laughs> We're um, not advertently saying that, but well, they'll have they'll have um, people of color, just no, not in the leads. No, <laughs> I mean, geez, why? Yes, but like what like Greg Berlanti did for like Flash and everything, and like what they're doing for superheroes does and work. He's doing it for Riverdale now too. There's the Sabrina. I just saw the announcement. Yeah, that Sabrina, did, the teenage witch, um, is this dark, gritty reboot. Oh my god, that's yes. connected to the, the Riverdale, Riverdale universe. This sounds the best. Can and they but, bring back poor Fig? I would if they did that, I would be with that show 100 percent Poor Fig, like I remember I tweeted. And Melissa Joan Hart as one of the aunts. You got her. <laughs> that'd be fun. That'd be she's, she's a bit of a weirdo now. She's like a bit of a good. She's uh, a bit of a religious nut. Yeah. Um, oh no, because she was in that Nicolas Cage religious movie, wasn't she? Was she? I Nicolas she Cage did a religious movie. I need yeah. to see this. Wait, was this the one uh, that we were looking at in JB Hi-Fi? Where no, it no, 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 no. It came out a couple of years ago. Okay, he, cool. he, was a, he was a pilot. I can't remember the title. It's it's weird. But anyway, back to CW. Um, yeah, what they what they're building works, and they bloody have all their shows now, like so Arrow. Um, the Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl. Supergirl, which was CBS, and then they and then they moved it. They brought yeah. it over. Both owned um, by Warner Brothers. All of them kind of yeah, pretty pretty poor. Now, like I, I, I like, like season one of Arrow, I loved it a lot. Yeah. It just was really fun. First and two then seasons of Flash were good as well. I I quit on Flash when just like I <laughs> I can stand enough pseudoscience, but when they were like this lightning flash imprinted the image of what happened thirty years ago, <laughs> I'm like, are you saying that this city didn't have another lightning storm for thirty years? Like I call bullshit. Um, but yeah, like what they're doing is like they're doing these like. They're co-producing these seasons, like each other, like different showrunners and these superhero shows. And then they cross over with these big event, like- the Crisis episode. on Earth X. Yeah, it was like bloody four hours basically of television that crosses over and like connects on this, like that's insane. And like, it's working. It's well, they did it in. They did it for the superhero stuff. But I remember what was happening before with all the uh, Dick Wolf shows because I was watching. Mm. I was into, and I, it's a bit of a guilty pleasure. But I was into Chicago Fire and I was into Chicago PD. Oh yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's. And stuff, then they yeah. did Chicago Med and Chicago Law, and there's probably like Chicago <laughs> Janitors or something coming up next. And they did and these Chicago huge... Happy Endings. And, and <laughs> well, see, I I had to I had to quit watching because they did so many. Cro- so we stopped watching Chicago Fire because it just this plotting got really dumb. But we stuck with Chicago PD because the cast was really fun, and then. And it was just every other week was a big crossover episode and we didn't want to have to watch the other show in order to follow what was going on. I think that's the big problem. And that's a big problem with cinematic universes as well. Like specifically Marvel, how they're crossing over with both TV and uh, movies. But have yeah. they? Like have the yeah. movie and the TV actually they crossed are, over? Right. Remember so, that time that, spoiler alert, Nick mm-hmm. Fury died <laughs> in, uh, wait, was it Winter Soldier? That was a big event in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And if you watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. first, you were like, holy shit, Nick Fury dies. But if you watched uh, Winter Soldier first, you're like, oh, Nick Fury died and survived. And then you watch- Which uh, is spoiled on the but trailer. But in, anyway. in either case, would you ever yeah, believe sure. that they'd actually kill Nick Fury? I mean, it's well, a Well, I guess the entire like idea of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like Phil Coulson was like a really good death. Like it felt <laughs> impactful. And then they're just like, nah, fuck it. Joss, Joss Whedon hated that. But see, I actually really liked Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I haven't watched it in a little while, but I actually really dug the show. I only want to go back and watch it just so I can see how- And they brought uh, in Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider comes in. Season 
season one is terrible of that show because they try and make it a, like, and I like case of the week stuff every now and then, but they tried to make it a case of the week thing and then they realized, oh no, nobody wants this. That's what and the so they CW just shows this, suffer from. Yeah, they and so they just did this either. huge serialized stuff with the Inhumans and all that stuff. And it actually got, re- the writing got really good and the characters got really good because the end of season two was actually really well done. I thought some of the characters, they put the characters through a lot and it, they yeah. the character development on that show is really good. Well, Jed Whedon's writing it, so Joss Whedon's brother yes. is running that show. Yes, yes, yes. And yeah, yeah. But like, it seems like TV is kind of where the writers are. Like, that's the that's the the idiom that's at the it. moment. It's, it's that, a writer's medium. It's a, it's, it's, it's a writer's medium allowing them to take more risks. Well, all, every time you watch a show, every every time it's something such producer, that's a writer or producer yeah. credit yeah. or showrunner. Yeah, showrunner. Yeah. So that's writers. the executive yeah. producer mm. credit, and then the associate producers and co-producers are all usually writers and all the stars who have it in their contract to say, oh, you need to, you know, you need to put me as a producer credit and I'll just walk into the writer's room once every couple of weeks and say, hey, I want to do this. Some writers, some actors get kind of involved, but, you know. Sure, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, it was just dead <laughs> air. I didn't want to. You, you need to vamp, you need to vamp. I've got, yeah. the, I've got the notes. Yeah, we, we've been. Well, yeah, I, I don't watch enough TV and mainly because with TV, you need to invest time into getting everything, which is my problem. It's the same problem with cinematic universes. But, that's the thing is I talk to a lot of people and they're like, I don't watch many movies because I don't want to sit down for two hours, but they're happy to binge 20 hours of television. I'm like, yeah. you have to invest. For me, if you watch a really, if you're very, you watch a really disappointing movie and it's a piece of crap, it's an hour and a half to two hours. If it's like a, a Terrence Malick one, it's probably like five hours, but you kind of, that's it and you're done. Whereas TV shows, when you get a, when you get a TV show, if it starts really good and then it ends badly, there goes like I was burned. You like nine seasons yeah, of death. Years, it's years of your life that have gone down the drain. Now I got. I I remember I watched like I loved Merlin, the BBC show Merlin. Uh, yeah, yeah, two we've been pieces. Over this. It was one of the. F- it was such like that was the show that the five year old me would just think is the greatest thing he's ever seen. It was just wizards and magic and fun, silly thing and the <sighs> romance. And it was really fun and really good. And I love the Arthurian legends and sort of stuff like that. And I liked how they're messing with it. John Hurt as a dragon. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. and then the, and, and they had Anthony Michael Anthony Michael Head the, from oh. Buffy Giles from Buffy oh, Giles. as Uther Pendragon as yeah, King yeah. Uther and it was just it was silly it was fun it was great and then season five season one to four were phenomenal they were perfect they were exactly what they wanted to be and then season five is the dramatic because the writers it was like the biggest show on BBC. And then the writers decided they didn't want to do it anymore. I think they had a fight and like, cause there were three showrunners and then one of them split from the other two. And they clearly wanted to end the show. BBC didn't want to end the show, but they're like, we're ending the show. And so basically, this is going to be a spoiler alert, but I'm saving you a lot of heartache. <laughs> basically everyone dies. This is a family show and everyone carks it. Arthur finds out that Merlin's a wizard. He hates him for it. Arthur dies, cut to 200 years later and Merlin's like walking around. Day. Yeah, it's modern day. Beard. Merlin's walking around with a beard, the end. Wait, he doesn't get a beard until the very end? No, no, no like he's, he has he's this, a little young boy. He's a young, it's Merlin as a young, it's Smallville but with Merlin instead of Superman. But well, like every now, they did a reference like in season three that he had to like age himself to trick Arthur or something like that and he did the thing and he becomes like the image of Merlin that we all know. It was a really clever meta way of doing it and then they just do that at the end but in a series, Dow and No. And then they were supposedly going to do movies or something but no, that's it. That show had like, I invested five years of my life and, and yeah, I hated it. That yeah. ruined it. And so that's what like, because people, I don't get when people say, oh, you know, t- movies take so much time. They take, 
time like they take nothing now though well, because that, that, think about it like used to be speaking of Merlin, I used to watch Merlin as well. It was like oh. a weekly event. And it now so good. it's nothing now. We can watch all of it because it's all available to us. And like the binging things, the, bi- binging, the binging things, things changed, changed TV because now I know with a lot of creators and showrunners, they're talking about how it's very different for them now because it used to be the weekly thing and you talk around the water cooler and you can see it's still happening with Game of Thrones. Everyone talks about it when it's come out. It's the big conversation piece. When everyone binges it, everyone's on a different timeline. Some have only watched half of it. Some have finished it. And so that conversation's kind of not there anymore. We're talking about stuff. It's kind of a flash. More Spoiler of a, alert thing. It's like yeah, big. A big yeah. Fl- and there's a lot more of a flash in the pan than yeah. it is sort of this prolonged thing. I remember, you know, when like Sopranos was going to have its final season or Mad Men. I remember those conversations where it was just week to week and everyone was kind of going on about it. And now that's kind of almost all gone. On. Well, did either of you guys watch Dragon Ball Z growing up? Yeah. Yes. It, it, it's interesting because Dragon Ball Z was one where it was based on a comic that was being written at the same time as the TV show, which is why we would have seven-hour screaming sessions of powering well, up. Well, we also got it, it released favorite. to us 10 years ago, basically. Exactly. They released it. Yeah, so they released the... Because, like, you cannot... I have tried binging original Dragon Ball Z. You can't because they scream all the time. So then they released Dragon Ball Z Kai. Kai? Yeah, yeah, Kai. Where they literally just cut out all the screaming. No, no, no. You're you're not a fan of Dragon Ball Z Kai? I tried to watch it, but I couldn't... garbage. <laughs> no, it's 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 cut it. It's cut it. It's so I much. I tried quicker. to watch it, and then I was just like, "This whole show is really silly." Like it just. It you just, didn't like, get that <laughs> from when you were a kid. I thought it was really badass, and it's a lot less badass because it's, it's silly. <laughs> it's silly, but it doesn't acknowledge that it's silly. Which, like, I'm I'm into some animes, but I I like the ones that acknowledge. The ridiculousness of Brandon. anime is an entirely different yeah. beast. And it's that's a whole nother, whole nother discussion. Yeah, that's exactly. a different episode. So it's like, where we can talk about the Dragon Ball Z movie. It'll be great. Wait, which ones? There's so many, man. I mean the live action Japanese one from like the early Wait, 90s, what? I want to say. I thought you were talking about the, the bad American one. IMDb, baby. I thought you were talking boom, about boom. the animated, like actual oh, no, Dragon, Dragon Ball, Ball. Uh, I did, can't remember. It was the prequel it's Dragon Ball show when he's a kid. No, no, no. The movie. It's a yeah, no, live the movie. Act- the live action movie is Dragon Ball, not Dragon Ball Z. Oh, okay, I can't remember. I, I didn't. Is it Justin Chatwin? No, it's not Justin. Okay, Chatwin. good. <laughs> He's They're- good though in Shameless. But anyway, back on topic. <laughs> so movies on TV. Well, see, film is it where. Is a topic. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, I think film is where we see it still as like the director's medium. It's the auteur thing at the moment. But like, has that sort of changed? Huh, I don't. I don't think about it though. Um, gonna bring up Doug gently. Like, yeah, uh, like I, I honestly believe like under that, under the authorship of like, like D- what Douglas Adams like his material and then what Max Landis has done with it. Like, I think that's like Max Landis' show, and he's like, like. But he's, that's the writer show. I mean, like, like if he's because his movies aren't as much his stuff as his show is. And oh yeah, absolutely. Content. Except no. me, him, obviously. Yeah, yeah, me, him, yeah me, but him, he, uh, that was because he was writer yeah. director on it. But like, yeah. I, I don't know. I wonder if it's kind of changed because you know the, we, uh, the Han Solo movie, Solo, uh, a star, was it called Solo? It's Solo, a star, star Wars story. I remember they did a press release. <laughs> that I'm like, why is this news? Every There was no one who was surprised that the title had Han or Solo in it. Like, this is, is there anyone who's like, Solo? My God, face. I thought it was going to be called Han. Like, it's, that's not news to me. It was going to be called Lando. <laughs> but they fired those fire, They fired those directors, like, when they were two weeks away from finishing principal photography, yeah, which crazy. is, so now they're like as disposable in cinema or at least studio cinema as the writers yeah, are. Oh, Kathleen yeah. Kennedy's coming up the back door. <laughs> Gonna get yeah. you. I don't, uh, I like Kathleen Kennedy because she's done so much good, but I just don't mm. know, like you hire, uh, what, what's his name? Chris, 
Wait, is it those two guys? At what uh, point Chris are you? Chris Miller. Oh, Chris Miller. Lord and Chris Miller. Phil Lord yeah. and Chris Miller. At what point do you not know what kind of movie they're going to make? Yeah, it's like they have oh, clearly. five movies. They've done a kids movie. They've done an adults movie. They've done a mid range movie. This is, you know exactly what and kind that's of movie what Marvel's do. kind of doing better at the moment because then when before they would hire the all these directors and then they won't let them do their style but now they're kind of easing up slightly where it's like you can clearly see Taika Waititi's style yeah or- well yeah phase one was phase one where they were like oh we are using auteurs people with vision Kenneth Branagh I guess John Favreau and <laughs> all those movies were Slightly different, but they're all kind of channeling their way to Avengers. Yeah. After Phase Two, Phase Two were all TV directors, with Thor Two being Alan Taylor, not Game of uh, Thrones, yes, not Patty Jenkins, um, <laughs> and the only one who was was Shane Black, and he He's got flack. He, he was, was the, he was he's the, was the best. best one, <laughs> and then he got flack for it. So they were like, "No more. Yeah. You got to have it black or white. You can't like, have it he any got different." For it, have no Iron color grading. Be flat of, muted tones. No. <laughs> he got flack for it, but Iron Man Three was also one of the most financially successful Marvel movies of all time like other oh, than the Avengers post Avengers it's like man it like it's like it marketed itself like it had like the bits about the Avengers talk about it and everyone's like oh my god I'm excited they're gonna to see talk about where- the Avengers slightly it's gonna be great <laughs> I wonder though if in in the studio space the kind of auteurs are now becoming I wonder if we're we're headed back on like to the seventies because because oh. the studio directors are kind of they're not like uh, they're not American valuable anymore like zoetrope kind of like directors banding <laughs> banding together kind of like that like, but I reckon it's sort of content. partly like you know like the the uh, this is bad now in context of the current news story but Brett Ratner's <laughs> of the world Martin Campbell Peter Berg and Sean Anders of the world these kind of studio directors who just go to project to project to project mm. um, you know like uh, what is it is Sean and no Martin Campbell's the guy who did like Green Lantern and stuff like that. These yeah. studio directors who don't have a... You can't pick their movie from a pile of other movies. They don't have a voice. They're very studio directors. It's kind of like that old school thing where they the directors mold, kind yeah. of come in and this revolving door of directors and they're kind of not valuable anymore, which I kind of like. I'm kind of <laughs> happy about it. But at the same time, it's... I don't know. I but think- I, I hate it... Um- because if you're not basing off of the star system anymore, if you're basing on intellectual property, then you need directors that have a voice. Because like you can't have the same fucking Star Wars bullshit over and over again. No, and that's we that's my biggest stuff. That's my like, biggest man. problem with the Marvel universe is that and Marvel. Yeah. It's pretty much with the exception of Guardians. Would uh, well, see DC's a little bit different. Story. A little bit I don't like their movies. Their movies have stylistic choices in but them. I think they're the wrong choices. But I think what, how they're course correcting it and what they wor- uh, what I'm worried about is like they're thinking their course correction is going to be the Marvel mold which yeah. is yeah. not Homogenous. the right way so either. Like, we, we need to make it more boring and just uh, like, visually like, bland and musically like, bland. I think they realise like realistically tone wasn't the problem it was just kind of like the actual scripts and like what was yeah it was just the, the plotting it was the, it was the way writing and it's the fact that they were like let's jam as many superheroes in. it was the IP they're like movies sell on IP yeah. and not stories and I don't it's not it's not true. so the terrible fact that they unfortunately filed um Feel a lot of Chris Miller and replace them with Ron Howard, who obviously fits into that mold. And they <laughs> yeah, Ron Howard prepared. is very much a stu- like. I mean, I I see. I love, I love Ron Rush. Howard's uh, Rush was good. I love the mm. Grinch. The Grinch, I think, is one of his most stylistic mm, movies. Definitely. It's it's really good. But I don't know. It's it's interesting. The whole who's strong in which one, and then you're seeing directors come into TV. You're seeing like Martin Scorsese go and do. Um, David Fincher, Ward, Ward yeah. Empire, David Fincher's yeah. like nailing, like crushing it. Yeah. And then you're seeing, um, and you're seeing some writers moving to TV. I know, uh, what's his name? Breaking Bad guy. 
the creator of Breaking Bad. Vince Gilligan. Vince Gilligan, thank you. Uh, Vince Gilligan, he's got a big movie deal that he's doing and you're getting oh. a lot of TV actors kind of going to movies and then you got oh. like Nicole Kidman going into Big Little Lies and because the, they all yeah. want to win an Emmy. They all want to got it, but, you know. Oh, even like with like um, J.J. Abrams, what he did with like Lost See, he stuff. started in TV. Yeah, exactly. That's like, where he started. So, and then, and then yeah. it's like he always wanted to do movies, but he just got started with... Although no, he actually no, he got started with movies because he wrote scripts that got when he did regarding Henry and he did. Um, he also did Mission Impossible Three. Was that before his TV stuff? Oh, I knew he that did. No, 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 no. So he did. He did regarding Henry. Have you yeah. seen regarding Henry? No. Oh, it's got Harrison Ford in it, and it's basically like the the he's like an asshole lawyer, and he hits his head and gets amnesia, and then he like he's a nice person, and it's like this like heartfelt movie and some. Milos Forman, I think, directed it. I can't. I, I don't know. It was Milos Forman, or it was. Um, Mike Nichols, but it's like this really heartfelt movie and J.J. Abrams wrote it like when he was in film school yeah. and he got a hit and then he eventually did Felicity and Felicity was his first yes, big job. Yeah, he was okay. show running yep. Felicity. That show ran for like three years and then he did Alias and Alias, then Alias was yeah. such a hit. That got him Mission Impossible 3 because Tom Cruise loved Alias and then from Mission Impossible and 3 he got Lost, oh, and Lost too yeah. and Fringe. Fringe, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then from that. Fringe. Yeah, Fringe was a thing. Fringe is great. Yeah, Fringe have you, is pretty good. I, I haven't watched it all the way through. I love it, but it's one of those shows because it's like the old format. It's like 24 episodes. Yeah. It's such a huge the commitment. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then he went and then he got Star Trek. And once he did Star Trek, he was basically sold as the next Spielberg pretty much. Spielberg's bitch boy. But yeah. <laughs> so, so like, well, we've discussed a little bit, but what, what kind of makes TV and movies different, do you think? Well, I would always think the style of stories they used to tell were the fact that movies were more contained and television was always continued on. And now, like, that's a uh, board and it's swapped. Basically. Yeah, now that's swapped. So Kind of, yeah. Well, it's see, it's a much more grey area, that is. Well, I think, hmm. I think movies, like good movies, not, or, or not all movies, but good movies sort of tell an arc, like a singular arc, and television was always, it was always about branch, good television anyway, not yeah. like the repetitive Big Bang Theory kind of model. But good television <sighs> kind of branches out. It's a much more sprawling narrative. Um, which you can see in stuff like Stranger Things and Game of Thrones, which if they were in a but movie... I, I believe like television is more like a book in the sense that like, yeah, each season's a chapter and then each chapter's... Well, like, they, the they, they put that on the nose with Stranger Things because every episode's titled chapter, chapter one, chapter, yep. one, chapter yep. two, yep. chapter three. And I know, is it House of Cards that even like come to season two, season three, their chapters are still going and including season one. So oh, it's like so chapter it's like 25, now. chapter yeah. 30, yeah. even though it's like yeah. 10 episodes Something a season. Something else that as well. I can't recall which one. Well, I, saw, I saw an interesting quote. I'm going to bring up some, because I did some research for this episode, unlike you two. Uh, uh, I researched uh, so excuse much. Excuse me. What, what, I did, I did well, a list, There's a really Come interesting on. quote from Guillermo del Toro, who's one of my favorite directors who's worked pretty extensively in television as well. And he said- The strain. Uh, yes, the strain. I love the strain. Uh, he said, TV, now you have to plan it. You structure it for binge watching, meaning you structure the whole season like a three-act play. You have a first act, the first third of the season, second act is the middle third and you structure it like that. Whereas a movie, you're dealing with a continuous experience that's going to last around two hours so it's more traditional. I thought mm-hmm. it was really, I mean, that's how you got to do it. I think it's interesting that he talks about it like a play though. Especially because TV's yeah. so dialogue heavy. Do you yeah. remember when they, they used to obviously, in the old format where they had to like, they were hoping for those ad breaks so they're like, like 
Oh, they write, they write to the act breaks. They structure yeah. everything on ad breaks and then when they don't have ad breaks, when they have like DVD stuff, it just doesn't work and it's really hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's always like the weird like dun 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 under it, like this unnecessary yeah, dramatic music cue. See, when I watch them on DVD, I usually like to pause then just so I have that TV feeling. Which, and like, I'll, go have yeah. a, I'll go have a yeah, snack. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because for the good place, it still works. <laughs> mm, um, I, I, I'm still trying to work through Smallville at the moment. It's like, I mean, the I latest- I watched that a couple of years ago. The latest Spoilers, is man. so He turns bad. out to be Superman. Oh. Whoa, what? He's Superman. But the, the act breaks on that I, are just so heavy he's Martian Manhunter. Yeah, so, well, oh. same thing. One screen, one can shapeshift. That's the only That's difference. That's not the same thing. Eh, it's the same thing. I think I think that there's a lot of differences in how they make them now. Like you'd mm. think now when they're sort of shooting, I think HBO shows are a little different in that they just shoot it, they write it, they shoot it all before they release anything. Whereas a lot yeah. of the network shows are, they're about three or four weeks behind where they're airing. And if you're Ryan Murphy, you're like half a week behind where you're airing because he just, oh, he's yeah. nuts. He's, uh, he, I can't imagine working on a show like his because they're, especially something like Glee because they were, because the musical numbers really chewed into their schedule. They, they were like, they were by the skin of their teeth releasing episodes and that's why the quality of that show just dropped spectacularly. <laughs> but that's why his American Horror Stories has terrible endings because oh. pla- he doesn't plan it. He just goes, he just, Ryan Murphy's philosophy in making TV is just throw everything at the wall and whatever sticks, sticks. And that's why, I don't know, I love, I love the outset of all of his shows and then they all just kind of collapse towards the end. Oh. How disappointing is re-watching Glee season one knowing how bad it gets? I bought Glee season one on DVD, man. I did too. I have season one. And I two. invested for I the future. I can't record. Does it, it does it end where you season can one have was like a phenomenal. nice ending point for season yeah. one? So, oh, season one so ends really well. So you can watch really it in well. a vacuum. Yeah. So, yeah correct. And then they're like, they kind of go, oh, but now season two might happen, but you don't need to. Because I remember them, from the later great. seasons, I like get spoilers for an older show. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> uh, one of the like the teacher's wife fakes a pregnancy, and I was just like, "What the hell?" No, is no, she she has a hysterical pregnancy. Oh, why am I bringing this up? Yeah. Like I'm a total glee nerd. Uh, she has a hysterical pregnancy, then finds out it's a hysterical pregnancy, but then continues the charade to keep her husband from not cheating That's, on her. Yeah. Classically, well, like American Horror glee. Stories, American Horror Stories, <laughs> where you see it kind of attack it because I loved season three, Coven, which was just it, when it was witches. It was just it was this really you cool would. thing. It was so much fun, and then just. They get to the end and because the story, uh, all American Horror Stories, just everyone has to die. And so they just arbitrarily start killing characters who had plots that weren't resolved. And I've got really disappointed. There's all these plot threads that they'd set up and that just didn't go anywhere. But I reckon as far as like making the show, I had I have another quote because I did even more research from uh, David Fincher because this was in an interview. It was called, uh, the, the interview has a really great title. It's called David Fincher, Movie Making is a Rat Fuck Every Day is a Skirmish by Matt Thrift in Little White Lies. Um, he had like, he was sort of asked about the practical differences between film and TV. And he, he goes, yeah, you've got a show to put on uh, that's the pressure of it. It's also kind of the beauty of it. It's a circus. Here's the company and the scripts as good as it can be by Tuesday because that's the day those nine pages are going to get shot. Whereas in movies, it's kind of like a you have a lot more time to explain to everyone your, your vision. So there's more surprises in television when they're making it. That's interesting uh, to counter that as well or to add on to that. Uh, Max Sanders, in when he's talking about showrunning, um, Dr. Elling again, he's just like, He's like watching like the dailies or like the final edit of the show before it airs and he's just like, wait, 
like they got this line randomly and the actor like delivers it really weirdly. He's like, like, and he's like, wait, was that the only take run? And he's like, no, we can't show this. <laughs> he's like, no. Well, Mac, uh, Max Landis, uh, Dirk Gently is the sort of show where they do shoot it all, edit it all and then air it, right? They're not, they're not like rushing him out because no, I know yeah, they yeah. are, they yeah. are they're posting pretty, it weekly. They're pretty on schedule for yeah. like, they're not. Yeah, because like, they shoot for like basically like, like film, they shoot for like a six month. I think they're block. still editing while the show's airing. They're cutting okay, cool. behind the air schedule, but they're mm. not shooting. I don't. Yeah, think. they're not shooting. Right. No, that's most of those network ones that are shooting like twenty episodes. A lot of the ten episodes ones, I think, yeah. are, is a much more manageable format mm. because you're not shooting or live studio audience ones. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, Will and Grace. I mean, suppose I haven't seen the new series. Supposedly, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, so, or supposedly, it's still funny. Anyway, should we get into the list or something? List? Do you want to add? Oh, I, I had a couple of other notes. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I, I wanted to talk about the Lord of the Rings remake, but oh, that's fine. No, no, talk oh, about that. Do it. Well, bring no, it up, well, this, man. Well, this, bring like, it the next up. topic I've got here is what's going wrong with movies? Question mark. What's going wrong with TV? Because I think that's one where into it. A, they're yeah, biting off more that they can chew and B, it's so unnecessary. Because Lord of the Rings was always the unfilmable book. It was one of those ones like Dune or like that, uh, what is it, Rendezvous with Rava, where it, mm. it's meant to be unfilmable. And Peter Jackson did it. And it works as a, th- as a trilogy. Each film, it's other perfect. than arguably the first one, has a three-act structure and the character has growth and all of that shit. Why do we need a TV show of that? And how are they going to change it enough Isn't to it make a, it notable? I've read that it's a prequel. What are they going to... Oh, they, then fuck off. If they're we doing like the wait, they the prequel, Yeah, we're just going to take from the Silmarillion. But it's just See, like, no. Fuck. Okay, yeah. okay. If they were going to do anything in TV, it would be the Silmarillion. Because I, I don't know, have you either of you guys read the Silmarillion? Yeah, no. yeah. yeah, fucking don't. It, it reads like the Bible. It's very difficult it's to very get through. It's very dense. It's like... But <laughs> in that... Well, it could kind of be like a... Uh, it, it could be a TV show... That does, that's episodic. None of the stories really relate. It's like, oh, two fucking blue dudes it's, go over there. It's an anthology Lord of the Rings universe set thing. I'd be That'd down be for that. Brilliant. If they did that, well, that is one that History Channel-esque, like, this is yeah. tales from, from Middle Earth. If they did a like... documentary <laughs> where it was just, like, on the ground with the elves, oh, just... here they are in their natural habitat. I'd love to see a Lord of the Rings comedy, the but that's out. not what I want to see in, like, Star Star Wars. I want to see, like, the rom-com set in the Star Wars universe. If they want an expanded <laughs> that, universe, that's it, stop giving us prequels. That's it. Get interesting new directors to take it in new directions, not the same give, old Star Wars Nancy Myers, get Nancy Myers to do a Star Wars rom-com, I would be there Oh, I would be in a so in that, bar. yes. Right, you, but I think Guillermo that's- Guillermo del Toro to do a horror movie set in the Star Wars universe. Oh my God. Like a monster, th- oh my no, God. No, no, guys, we just-, just need to tell Han Solo's origin story. Who uh, wants- about and it's going to connect he- perfectly. It's yeah, going to end with him being at the cantina on Mos Eisley. I swear these people making the be- new- Yeah, yeah, it's going to like end right as- yeah. be- I, No, I tell you as exactly where it's going to end. As he sits down, it gets comfortable. <laughs> and no, no, I tell you what's going to end. He's going to walk into it. The door's going to close and then they're going to go to credits. I 100% guarantee you that is where the show is. We're taking your childhood. They'll start playing the cantina music over the credits. But I reckon that's what the problem with movies and TV is, is they're relying so much on IP at the moment. Yeah. Which, as Josh said before, for our audiences who don't know, IP is intellectual property. It's like the books, it's the movies. I read that they're now adapt like the podcasts are the new thing that are becoming movies now. Oh my God, yes. That's the article you showed this morning. That sounds so stupid. I love it. But they're adapting all they did law, you know, the law podcasts. Yeah, I haven't seen. Is it, but doing... isn't it like a non-fiction show? 
fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Our producer's nodding at us, yes. Uh, It's a non-fiction show, Boris. I think The Homecoming, which I just started listening to, is actually being adapted. Julie Roberts is like producing it or something and they're actually turning it into a a, a show. But I think uh, we need to get back to some original stories because if we're remaking and adapting everything soon, we're going to run out of things to adapt and now we're remaking the remake of the remake of the (laughs) remake. You mean like The Blob or The Thing or... I can't think of any else right now. The blob yeah. and the oh wait no uh, invasion of the body snatchers that's had four and none of them so technically John Carpenter's market is yeah exactly <laughs> well that works in horror a little bit differently because the monsters kind of don't age but like can you imagine a remake of can you imagine when they're going to reboot the Star Wars universe they're going to reboot Harry Potter well Harry yeah Potter. rebooting Harry Potter is a big one they've been talking about which I don't I mean we've got at least five years worth of Fantastic Beast movies where we're not going to see them reboot the Harry Potter universe thank goodness. <laughs> Uh, I'm, like, oh I'm, I'm liking God. them, but no. Um, I think I think. Uh, what have I got? I got to like a note here. Like the problem I find with TV is that it's, they're either trying to replicate Breaking Bad with this like wanky anti-hero nihilist stuff. Like I don't know if you, has either of you seen Ozark. Nope. No. It's like we want our Breaking Bad. Here's a story about a white guy who's relatively well off with problems and he gets involved in <laughs> crime and we're going to shoot it really That's stark. It. That's it though. Like nihilism's prevalent like mm. a lot in media nowadays because no one thinks they're too cool to like things. So that's why, that's why like, Wonder Woman hit so big, I reckon, is because it was the exact opposite. The Richard Donner-esque, like... like yeah, it's you know, grand like the fact that Wonder Woman cinema. doesn't mean hope, but Man of Steel, the other S stands for hope. Man of Steel had no hope. Wonder Woman was full of hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have either of you had experiences like writing? Because uh, we're, we're filmmakers here too. We should. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we, we make things. We yeah. film make. Have either of you had experiences with like TV or movies in, as far as like making them? Not TV. I've always no, wanted to write TV. like did, a spec did, did you script. Work on, but... uh, so we have a friend who shot a, a pilot or a, a teaser for a pilot. That was the. Oh, right. Fox, oh, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was an interesting experience. It was, but he kind of made it. Um, it was kind of in a vacuum again. That was a standalone story. So it was 10 episodes and he just shot the first episode. Yes. Um, so it, it was its own stand. Well, actually, no, the first one wasn't really a standalone story. It was like setting everything up. It was like a DC film where they're like, we need to set everything up. Yeah. Um, whereas the problem was- with pilots though. Pilots are so, there's like a whole articles about how difficult pilots are and how difficult it is yeah. to have a good pilot. I think the last really great pilot I saw was Glow. That was actually oh, that was a, a great really, pilot. It was a really because it, it did all the things a pilot has to do. A pilot has to do has to it's like it's just ex, full of exposition, yeah, and that's painful. And then it also has to tell its own story, and that's where most of them kind of fuck up. But Glow did that extremely well. I was really happy with that one. I haven't finished that show yet, though. How not, man? Mm. Oh man, that's a bingeable show. It is, it is, it is. But I'm watching it with other people, and you can't cheat watch on oh. people. Oh. Um, but it's, it's me. You don't have friends or family. Join us. No. I have no social life. You need me, to go I, on one of those like cheat meat websites where you just get together and watch TV shows without your... What is it? What's that? What's Ashley that? Madison that? for... Ashley Madison, yeah. <laughs> Ashley Madison for Netflix cheaters. <laughs> um, for me, I've written, I've written about... I've written three pilots. I've written one web series and I've written six features. Just a humble brag. Um, <laughs> uh, pilots are hard, but they, I find them a little... I prefer film because I feel more satisfied. Whereas a pilot, I feel like I've just written like a page of something because there's so much more story to tell and you kind of feel like you've only done just exposition on stuff. And I found, like I like one of my pilots because I structured it. I had a really nice structure to it that I dug, but everything else has just been, like I wrote this like 
supernatural cop show and it was literally engineered to be a case of the week thing but with demons and witches it was really bad but that's like a writing sample that I've taken to a couple of people and it's gotten me like in rooms and in meetings with people nice. I then fuck up the meeting colossally cool. but, fantastic <laughs> uh, and then I wrote uh, the one I wrote that I really like is like it's basically like a, a cooking show but fictional oh yes I remember like a, I read this one, one. This, oh yeah. you've read this yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I wrote the, the cop show and then I wrote oh, what was the other pilot it was really dumb I don't think it was worth watching but I definitely prefer film but I think if I were to write a show, because I like the writer's room aspect of writing TV, I've never done it, but like yeah. that yeah. would just be well, so much even better. Like me, like bounce when we we're like talking and we bounce ideas off each other about yeah, our, our little. I think it's the thing. collaboration. Like, I love yeah, the collaboration so much more, and I think TV lends itself to that. I think that's why the comedies hit really big because you can really build a family with it, and like you have this family that you can like Aww. trust. Have a right, guys. You I think trust. we're a family. We should write, make a writers' room. Yeah. And you're our adorable little fairy mate. That's what they do yeah. in comedy shows, though. That's what they do. They have, um, they have once they've written the script for a comedy, they have what's called a punch-up session, and they literally go through every joke, every punchline, even if everyone loves it, and they say, "What's the better version of this punchline? What's the better yeah. version of this punchline?" And that's how you kind of get a show like Happy Endings, where it just yeah. nails every punchline. Nice. It's, it's. They also bring in like some writers' rooms where they do like um, rewrites and or they have writers' rooms just for comedians. They do like like fixed scripts. There's a whole, yeah. there's a, I believe there's another podcast that mentions like going through what different types of writers are, like spec writers and all that. And it's like a lot more detailed than I can recall at the moment. But like it goes into like these processes for television and film, like what the processes are like. Writing for this stuff. So. Well, to our listeners, if either any of you work in TV or want to write pilots or movies, send us a message. Tell us about your experiences. We might read some letters on air or something like that. We'll read out your script. We'll act out your script. We'll act out we'll your script. We'll perform it. We'll do, the, we'll do all the voices. We'll Eddie Murphy it up. Fantastic. <laughs> we'll do I'll the get, makeup. I'll get two half coconuts and we're going to do horses. And then, yeah. Excellent. <laughs> You've got two coconuts together and you're banging them and together. together. <laughs> Uh, so let's move on to our top five. And our top five, we, we tried to be ambitious today because we're doing two top fives. You two tried to be ambitious. I, I listed out. You specifically said, if you're feeling ambitious, and yeah. I was like, I have no ambition, go on. <laughs> so we're doing, so our list is top five. First one is top five movies based on TV shows. How detailed are we getting, by the way? Because can I just run through it all and just like do quick points or are we going like detailed? Quick points, but I, cool. I was just, I had a couple of things interesting. I, I found out, okay. did not this existed, there's a War of the Worlds TV show. Yes. It was made in the 80s. Yes. What? Uh, How do I know not And Beetlejuice tried to do a TV show. And they did a little shop, an animated little shop of horrors and it's just called Little Shop and it's about their teen years and there's no violence in it or musicals. Wait, who's teen years? Are we talking Audrey 2's teen years? Audrey and Seymour and and I'm assuming So wait, there's no plant. Muchnik. No, there is a plant. He finds a seed. Wait, so he had another plant before? (laughs) Did he learn nothing? It's, yeah. It's It's like the grade one, like, Putting in the moon sprout and letting it grow, and it's just yeah. There's a Jumanji animated show. I found yeah. like a lot of weird <laughs> spin-offs weird that shit. I didn't know existed, um, and I found out there's some upcoming adaptations. They're doing The Departed as a TV show. Oh god, oh, cool. oh, that's interesting. They're doing The Illusionist as a TV show. That movie oh, with Paul Giamatti god. and Edward Norton. Oh my god, it's becoming a TV show. Yeah. How weird is that? And Hitch, which I actually think Hitch lends oh, itself to yeah, a TV Hitch, show. That makes well. sense. Really well. Yeah. Case of the week. I need to get this guy laid this. Yeah, week. yeah. Oh. So uh, I'll do. I'll do my list first and then um, yes. we'll move on. So movies based on TV shows. I gave some honorable mentions to Strangers with Candy because it's just weird and bizarre and amazing. Yeah. Um, oh. Rocky and Bullwinkle because I saw that as a kid and I laughed <laughs> yeah. my face yeah. off. South Park, Bigger, Longer, Uncut. Oh, I love it. 
It's one of the best musicals. It's really great. Uh, Scooby-Doo, which I love. Yep. 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 And James Gunn. Yeah. Woo. Yes. Yes, he wrote it. Apparently his original draft is like way more dark and violent. Yeah, really dark, He's, really violent. I would love to read I that. hope you just make it. I know, there. right? Um, and then this one's a bit of a controversial choice. Is I actually quite like Bewitched. Get the, the fuck out. Oh, no, really wait, the one with Will Ferrell? <laughs> Will Ferrell oh, and Nicole Kidman. Kidman. And I, the first time I saw it, I hated it. And that movie's grown on me in a bunch of... My sister loves it and she's put it on and then I kind of walk in and I'm like... Oh, you know what? Some of this is interesting. You just have to go with it. You like, know, I was telling you before, um, wherever we were, I was talking about Stranger Than Fiction, and it's it's kind of from memory, it's kind of like yeah, there's a lot of that. meta. It's very yeah. meta. They're, well, yeah, they're doing the, the Bewitched remake. They're remaking making Bewitched, and then she's actually a witch whose life basically mimics Samantha <laughs> from the show. And What's it's the just, coincidence? But right? that's like I feel like that's like the only like because there's no way to do it without acknowledging that it's a really cheesy bad idea, and you're clearly cashing in on the IP. Uh, but anyway, yes. so my top five, I got, so number five is 21 slash 22 Jump Street. I love yep. those movies so much. Uh, number four is The Man from Uncle, which Very is nice. criminally underrated. Oh, absolutely. Amazing so score, Guy Ritchie directed. Um, number three is The Fugitive, because I didn't know it was oh, adapted from a TV show, yeah. but it oh, is. And The Fugitive is amazing. Have you seen it? The Fugitive, Josh? the movie? Or the movie, yeah, the yeah, Tommy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Um, and then my number two is Charlie's Angels. I think that movie <laughs> is great and it holds up. I watched it like the just- The first one. Yeah, the, the first, first one. one holds first up. one holds up. I watched it like Mitchie. earlier this year and it's fun as fuck. Not McGee's best, but he's really good. And then my number one is Star Trek, the J.J. Abrams on, because it was, it was so good. It was so, yeah, so good. It was very good. Uh, Josh. All right, so if I'll do honorable mentions as well, I'm going to do the X-Files movie from 1998, which alternative titles, Fight the Future. Whoa. Fight the future. Wait, what? Yeah, that's his, whole, that's his full alternative title. It's just like, you can just call it the X-Files or call it X-Files to fight for the future. Because isn't the second X-Files movie I want called- to believe. I, yeah, want, I to want to believe. believe. Which is terrible. Ironically, nothing about aliens. I know, it's terrible. I fucking hate it. Um, but sec- Billy Connolly plays a pedophile. What's not to like? What? You haven't seen the second one? No, I haven't seen the show. Yeah, Billy, Billy Connolly plays a pedophile. Great movie. Go on. Uh, yeah. Um, and then from 1986, Transformers the movie, which is based yep. on the cartoon, which is based on the toy. Also, um, uh, great dare to, great use of Dare to be Stupid by Weird Al for And Orson Welles is in it, and he's like, and he's like he's you the can clearly is... tell he's really sick, and he's like... <laughs> 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 um, uh, the Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad, which is 1988, which is based on the 1982 series, um, Police Squad. Uh, and then The Equalizer from 2014. Um, is like, that based on a show? I yes. thought it was the other way around. No, it's based on the show. Oh, wow. Um, and then The Addams Family from 1991. Hey. And is that then, the one with, is that, is The Addams Family 1991 one, the one where there's the woman who brings Fester and Fester's lost his memory? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I like that one. Um, and yeah, my top five uh, from number one is 21 oh. slash. Oh, is this for, so is it, we'll, we'll go around and do the, the top five, the other version of the top oh, five. No, 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 oh, no, this is, this oh, is, this is my oh, top five. Honor- yeah. Oh, right, yeah. right, yeah. okay. I'm the only one doing honorable mentions last because fuck you both. <laughs> so my top five is 21 slash 22 Jump Street, uh, based on 21 Jump Street from the 80s, which my mom really liked. Uh, Batman, Mask of the Phantasm, based on Batman, the animated series, because oh boy, that's, oh, what if uh, the Man from Uncle, based on the Man from Uncle from the sixties. Yes. Yes. Uh, Star Trek, based on Star Trek. <laughs> Which Star Trek movie though? Star Trek. JJ Abrams, okay, cool. based on Star Trek, created by Gene Roddenberry. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and then finally for number five, Twilight Zone, the movie based on the Twilight Zone TV show. Did you like that? I liked. I only liked the Spielberg segment of that movie. <laughs> 
Which oh, one? The Spielberg segment? He did no. the, the old people's home and then they're the kicking the can. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, I I I enjoyed it. It was, it was yeah. I noticed that. I wasn't even a big Twilight Zone yeah. kid yeah. though. Um, and you want to see a scary face? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's my favorite bit. Yeah. And then he comes back at the end. Oh, yes. great. Yeah. Oh no, I love the Gremlin on the plane. Didn't yeah, they remake, they remake that it. One? Yeah. That was good. Yeah, Richard Donner directed that segment. Yeah. Um, and that's it for top five films based on television properties. Cool, cool. So, so on to me. Uh, I, I, okay, I'll do my, I'll do my fucking uh, honorable mention. So my honorable mentions were just a list of sketch shows that did movies. Like they based <laughs> a movie on a sketch, like Saturday Night Live. Coneheads. Coneheads. Oh. Uh, MacGruber. Oh, oh uh, God, of course. Dwayne, uh, Dwayne, uh, Wayne's World. Dwayne's World. Wayne's World. All these were just based on oh a two to three minute sketch from Saturday Night Live. And they're like, hey, let's make a I didn't one even think about it. I was creating my list about that stuff. Oh my right? God. Yeah. Very bizarre. Um, the Muppets. Beautiful. Oh, I love it. I love the Muppet love the movies. Muppets. I was going to put the them new in ones? my top five. I love the new ones. I love the old. I just love the Muppets. Oh. The Muppet movies are Apparently always there's this fun. whole cult of people who really hate the new Muppet movie. Fuck them. Didn't you meet someone? Like or, or, although I know uh, Frank Oz, because with the uh, new quit. movie, he, he was going to direct the movie. He was going to play Miss Piggy, but then uh, he quit once he read Jason Siegel's original script, where it turned out Kermit the Frog was a bad guy in the end. And he was like, Kermit the Frog would never do that. Fuck you. He left. <laughs> Uh, then they changed it and made a pretty good movie anyway. Would have been good with uh, Frank Oz. Uh, and Monty Python, of course. Monty Python. Yep. yep. And the Holy Grail. Beautiful. And the Holy Grail and all of the those movies. Of life. I don't I right, love Jess. the meaning of life. You don't love the meaning of life? No. Oh. Okay. Life of Brian. Uh, I love, love Life of Brian. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so onto my top five. Uh, so I had Mission Impossible. I couldn't choose which movie. I'm going to say the first one because the first one's the only one that's really... Uh, it has the characters from the TV show. It's not until uh, four and five that they actually bring in the stories from the TV show about who are the bad guys from Mission Impossible <laughs> with a silly name. Everything's got a silly yeah, name. It's, 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 no, no, no. <laughs> wrong franchise. Um, but yeah, it's I really over episodes. <laughs> true. Uh, other than Mission Impossible Two, I love the Mission Impossible franchise. All fun. Yeah. Even though it's Tom Cruise. Um, uh, my number four is. Naked Gun Beautiful. from uh, the yeah. Files of the Police Squad, based on the Police Squad. Uh, my next one is Star Trek VI Undiscovered Country, which is nice. the best Star Trek film. I will fight you for it. Uh, and specifically because it came out of a time where... Uh, even though the Star Trek, the original series was done, Star Trek Next Generation Mission was going was and it ties in together because that's the whole reason Klingons are good now is because of Undiscovered They're Country. They're bad again, don't you remember? They <laughs> Wait, no, isn't Wait. Discovery a prequel? Even yeah, though Discover there's, there's continuity errors because I already have Because their they have their ridges, and I'm I know. Like, mm. Uh, yeah, Discovery is a prequel. Um, Undiscovered, but even still, in fucking what's what's not Wrath of Khan called um, Star Trek Into Darkness? Apparently, the Klingon moon <laughs> that started the whole Undiscovered Country storyline is already blown up. So what the fuck, J.J. Abrams? Just saying, it's a terrible movie. Moving on, uh, Charlie's Angels God. number one is uh, my number two pick, and, and finally, The A Team. Because I love dun, that movie. Dun, I still haven't seen it. Dun, dun, it's great dun. because uh, B.A. Barack, because it came out at a time where mm. I was just finishing up season four of the A-Team. I still haven't watched season five. Season five is when it becomes serialized and kind of weird. But um, mm. it came out at a time where this was in my life. I was 
just disappointed by the Expendables because I was expecting the Expendables to be really fun. I felt it took itself too seriously. Number one did. Number two was all right. Yeah, number two. Number two was fun. They had Jean-Claude Van Damme hamming it up. Van Damme it up. Kicking knives into chest and shit. Great. Oh, so good. But I felt the first one was too serious. And the A-Team, I was expecting to be serious and lame, but it was so ridiculous and so fun. And the best part was the guy playing B.A. Baracus didn't even try to be B.A. Baracus. Because you I, can't I, be Mr. T. I, I respect that too. Yeah. I respect the I fact that he made the decision not to be Mr. T. And yet, um, Shalto Copley is- Yeah, Shalto Copley, because that was, was when I didn't realize until he did yeah. the South African accent in the movie. I'm like, oh, it's Shalto Copley. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really liked his before. And fucking Liam, Liam Neeson. And Bradley Cooper was perfect as well. So, yeah, yeah, it all good. It all worked. Yeah, it was peak fun. Bradley Cooper. Yeah, I, yes. I, I rewatched it- Pre-Oscar um, bait couple, Bradley Cooper. A couple months ago as well. Yeah. So good. Fun. Anyway. Okay, now next up five is top five, if you're ambitious, shows based <laughs> on movies. It's really interesting finding these ones because there's a lot of really bad ones. I remember watching the, there was Minority Report. I think it was from last year. Oh, I remember it, you The TV about show that. Minority Report is so bad. Because they're, they're, they're trying to do more based on the precogs. No, well. Yeah, but it's just case of, it's literally a cop show, but with the title of Minority Report. They did yeah. the same thing with Limitless. And I had every, a lot of people really oh, yeah, loved yeah, Limitless. Loved yeah. But I just, I was just, I could not, because like, I could, <laughs> I hate like the really predictable cop shows now. And anyway, so my list, so top five shows based on movies. Number five, I've got Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Oh yeah. Hey, I, I love oh, that yeah. show. I it was too. so much fun. A and much better Terminator free. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. Um, my number four is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because I love it. I, cool. it, was, it was really cool, fun. Cool, cool. It was, it could have been terrible and it started off really terrible and then they got really good. Uh, number three is Westworld. That show is amazing. Yep. Um, yep. There's a lot of people who are now like yep. retroactively hating on it. But Why? Fuck them. Because they're like, oh, it's dumb and boring and wanky and nah. Just it's a good <laughs> show. It's well produced. Female showrunner at the helm. As long like I mean, she's it's her husband and wife team. But like, yay. Um, and I think it's great. And I can't wait for where they're going for it with it. Have you seen it? You, no, neither of you have watched it no, yet. No, no. Yeah. You need to, like, I can't invest time into a TV show right now. So I have to wait until I have free time. It's not good, not good. Anyway, my number two is Friday Night Lights. I'm not a sport person at all, but that show is excellent. It's really good. I hear people say that before I watch Friday Night Lights. Everyone's like, Friday Night Lights is great. Friday Night Lights. And I'm like, it's a fucking football show. And then I watched it and no, it's fucking good. It's really good writing. Um, and then my number one is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Very nice. <laughs> because it, it's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So yes, nice. Josh, your picks. Oh, well, Shane, you're going to like my list because it's kind of similar to yours. Um, my number one is Ash vs. Evil Dead, based on Evil Dead and all the Sam Raimi goodness that you can never Absolutely. ever get. And it's beautiful. I haven't yet to see season two, but I've heard it's pretty good. Um, my second pick is Buffy the Vampire Slayer, based on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The kind of proof of concept that was really bad, but fun in its own right, I guess. Uh, who is it? Um uh, Pee Wee Herman being the bad guy. Oh my God, was it? Yeah, yeah. And he has like most dramatic death scene ever. <laughs> He's like, Someone uh, stole my bike. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then third pick is Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles based on Terminator. Um, very great, like Lena Headley. What a great Sarah Connor. I, I fucking love that show. Got Summer Glau is a different type of Terminator, which I thought was really cool. Um, mainly the scene that really sold me was like when the Terminator's reading out the names and he's digging into his leg like to get out the gun. And I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. And this is like 2008, so kind of pre like the big explosion of Breaking Bad and all that. So it was kind of different. Uh, my fourth pick is Wet Hot American Summer. Uh, both 
first day of camp and 10 years later based on White Hot American Summer, uh, all made um, by David Wayne and Michael Showater. Um, all of the TV shows and movies all connect together and they're beautiful and incredibly hilarious. And do they really connect together though? Yes, they, mean, they all they make, they all make sense. Do and they make sense though? Do, they, look, <laughs> they make more sense than the X-Men franchise, okay? So, oh, okay, fair enough. Um, and that's fun. And my fifth pick was Friday Night Lights. So, hey, oh, based go. on Friday Night Lights, based on the book. Um, and yeah, beautiful sports um, TV show. And my honorable mentions um, were MASH, um, 1970 film um, and a 1972 yeah, series. Robert Altman hate the show that <laughs> born from his movie. <laughs> um, and then my second oral mention is Westworld based like 1973 film based on the two, and a 2016 series came off of that. Um, and that is done. I was not ambitious. I didn't write one. I oh. just want to say Tremors, that had a TV show. Beautiful. Have you yeah. watched it? Nope, can't find it is anywhere. Is Kevin Bacon in it? No, Christopher Lloyd is though. Wait, is, is, wait is the dude- His corpse? <laughs> Christopher Lloyd. Oh, no, Lloyd, dead. sorry. Oh, I'm thinking of, of what's the other one? Who's the other one? Well, you mean the one from like the 30s? What's the Lord of the Rings, Christopher. Look. Oh, uh, Christopher Lee. Christopher, Christopher Lee. Lee? I th- oh, sorry. Lee and Lloyd are close. I was like, did they just. They are very different. Did they people. excavate his body and just put it on screen so they could give him a credit? Uh, no, because. I know what it sounds like to stab a man. I was in World War II. Christopher Lee was still alive when the TV show came out because the TV show came out around the same time as the fourth movie. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen it. Haven't been able to find Real it. Real questioner is the dad from Family Ties in it. Yeah, of course. Cool. Can't not have Burt Gummer. Come on. Uh, Burt Gummer is Tremors. I still haven't seen any of Tremors. Go fuck it's, it's on, it's on. We're going to do a marathon on this. Okay, yeah. we'll do it. Especially we'll do when the marathon. new one's coming out. So. Well, I think that's, that's where we should wrap it up. Thank you guys so much for listening. Let us know your thoughts. If you think movies are better than TV or TVs are better than movie, let us we, know. There, there's obviously a lot to cover. So we missed a lot and we'll probably remember some stuff when we're off here and we go, fuck. And if anyone can find a copy of the Tremors, the TV series for me, send it my way. Is it on the Sci-Fi channel? Is it? I think so. It's a sci-fi channel show. Okay, well, forget what I said. We found it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. Uh, and this podcast network has a great range of other podcasts. There's the second take for movie fans. Uh, the second take podcast. There's musicals taught me everything I know, which is a Ooh. podcast all about musicals. There's Goodberry Smoothies and Lauren Disorder, which is some D and D podcasts. You can find them all as well as us at that's not canonproductions.com. Uh, and you can find us on Facebook at the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. You can find us on Twitter uh, at the, at Picture Rangers. Yes. And you can email us if you have some questions. We might do a Q and A at some point uh, at uh, Motion Picture Rangers at gmail dot com. Uh, and for our, our personal individually, thing, you can, yeah, yeah. Well, you can find me on Twitter at at Shane M underscore Anderson, which seems really elaborate. There's a lot of Shane Andersons. Yeah. You can find me at. That Sundance Kid, it's all caps. I'm screaming at you, but I'm not really because I love you. Do the caps make a difference on Twitter? I don't think they did. No, because I, I, I just looks kind of looked weird without the caps. And I was just like, oh, it looks better now. Uh, and you can find me at, at the Chancester. I Isn't assume. that at Chancester? Is it? I don't know. I, I remember being Twitter at Chancester. When it's it at Chancester. Right, so. Thanks, guys, for following me on Twitter because I don't know. Well, check your Twitter. <laughs> you don't tweet that much. I try and tweet a bit more now. I'm pretty sure most of my tweets are, I don't know how Twitter works. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for listening and we'll see you again next time. Bye.
Arabs are attacking. What do we do, guys? No, we will broke for peace. Maybe there's still a chance they'll listen. Fire every missile we have at that godforsaken mothership. And pray to God that it works. No, none of these ideas are going to work. I've got it. What we need to do is tell every citizen to leave their homes naked and just tell them to have sex with toasters in the street. The aliens will be so confused, they'll just sort off. If you'd like to see the alternate takes on political issues ranging from big to small, subscribe to a New World Order podcast at www.thatsnotkindofproductions.com forward slash a New World Order.